genre. Doctor's Companion presents Doctor Who The Long Way Around, the weekly podcast where we review and discuss every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And I'm Nick Jimenez. And today on the show, we will be discussing Inferno, the third Doctor's fourth story. Uh, this is, of course, um, a story written by uh, Don, Don, Don Houghton. Um, I don't know. Probably Houghton. And, yeah. <laughs> it's probably and Houghton. Houghton? Okay. I, I, uh, and, I, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, directed by uh, Douglas Camfield and uncreditedly directed by Barry Letts for episodes three through seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, as far as uh, background for this particular episode um, – they sort of uh, they they had this idea of doing an episode where they were like digging boring to the center of the earth, um, mm-hmm. and it was going to be called Operation Mole Bore. What? Uh, which, yep. <laughs> um, which is just a just a terrible, uh, terrible name. Um, <clears throat> and then it was going to be just called the Mole Bore. Uh, and that was like, it was just going to be the bits about boring to the center of the earth and how dangerous that is. And that was, that was it. Uh, that's, that was, that was, yeah, that's it. That was going to be the whole thing. Um, and then, uh, basically it was suggested to the writer that, uh, he had some sort of monster. And so that's when he came up with the, the primords, uh, which he envisioned as ape creatures because mm. they're, you know, primitive well, humans. Oops. Yeah. Uh, and so begins the drama with Douglas, with, with, uh, with, with Douglas Camfield. Um, Douglas Camfield, who directed The Invasion, uh, which is a really great story, uh, he was given inferno um and he basically didn't listen to anyone and did his own thing and john pertwee and nicholas courtney hated him <laughs> <laughs> and and basically went behind his back and just did whatever they wanted um to the point where uh there's a scene in in episode two where um the uh Liz Shaw's, you know, alternate universe, uh, Liz Shaw is supposed to be, um, you know, asking, uh, asking the doctor all of these questions about where he came from and everything. And uh, at the last minute, uh, Nicholas Courtney was like, mm, I'm going to do it and just took the scene away from her. 
Jesus. Yeah. Just took the scene away from Caroline John and uh, just did the scene himself. And Don, Don and, and Douglas Canfield was like, I, I don't I don't know what to do. And at a certain point, um, apparently he just ran away from set and just cowered in a corner in his office. Um, and uh, yeah. And started having like like a mental breakdown. And his wife, he called his wife and his wife came to set and found him and came out and was basically went to Barry Letts and was like, uh, they basically bullied him into a mental break- breakdown. And um, I don't think he can direct the rest of this. And then that's when Barry Letts was like, OK, well, I guess I am. And he basically, you know, because he was the producer as well, uh, he – Got the respect that uh, he was that you know Douglas Camfield should have been getting uh, from Pertwee and Nicholas Courtney. They actually listened to him, and that's how we got the rest of the episode. The rest of the episodes finished, but um, yeah, John Pertwee and Nicholas Courtney basically just uh, they just they just treated Douglas Camfield like a substitute teacher, uh, and were just like horrific bullies until he had a nervous breakdown and quit oh my god yeah it, it's like um, a fraternity hazing yeah, yeah. <laughs> weird I'm talking about an inferno <laughs> yeah uh so i mean that's basically the that's that's basically it uh oh and then and then of course um uh it was douglas camfield who who came up with the idea of uh, making the primords werewolves instead of uh, apes, which um, Don Don Don, uh, Don Don Houghton was not uh, not a fan of. Um, sure, is there any? I mean, I'm sure it's been lost to history, but is there any record left of of why he he decided to make the 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 choice to move from ape to to werewolf? No, it just says that it was his decision. That's all it says. Well, maybe it's better that way. Um, yeah, Who are we to tool know. within the minds of men? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and then the last bit, um, which is which is interesting, uh, because we all know who this person is now, um, Nick. Uh, Sheila, um, mm-hmm. or she, Sheila Dunn, who was... Uh, uh, Camfield's oh that is Camfield's wife right okay so uh the the, uh you've left him with yeah well right Sheila (laughs) Sheila Dunn played uh Petra Williams in this um the blonde lady who falls for the the blue collar uh uh uh, drill worker whatever the only Um, the only person in the story that has to be convinced that their their boss is is a is a sociopath yeah, right. <laughs> um, and uh, she was only cast as Petra after the original actress who they offered the role to uh, was unavailable. Uh, and that was uh, horror, uh, Hammer Horror actress Kate O'Meara. Oh, oh fun. Yeah. yeah so uh, the Ronnie almost played that role. And if she had played that role, uh, maybe she wouldn't have played the Ronnie and we would have gotten a different Ronnie. So. Uh, it all worked out? Question mark. Um, <laughs> I honestly, I don't know that anyone could have saved the Ronnie, uh, because you know, 
It was still, uh, still, she was still always written by Pip and John Baker. So, yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was almost Kate O'Mara in her prime, uh, cause she would have been, she was like at the top of her game as a hammer horror actress at the time, nice. uh, sure. in the early 70s. So, yeah. Uh, this would have been, uh, pre Dallas and, uh, and, and the Ronnie is post Dallas. Uh, man, young you Peter Jackson would have lost his mind seeing, seeing like a rock, seeing a hammer horror picture person show up in Doctor Who. Right. Yeah, it's true. I'm sure he did when he went and saw um, Doctor Who and the Daleks in theaters. Oh, wow. <laughs> what a cinematic um, adventure this is for old Peter J. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, remember when remember when they like randomly started that rumor that he was going to direct an episode and it just never ever happened? Yes, I'm still upset about yeah, that. A weird video he made with his daughter. Yeah. Yeah, it was like what was that? Year, that was two years ago. <sighs> Not even that? like so weird. Yeah, it's weird that we just stopped t- talking to him about it either. Or like, like, hey, why did you make that video? I bet, I bet, I bet if someone <laughs> asked him, they would be the first person to ask him about it. Yeah, like, why did you make that video? I was like, hey, I'm not sure. <laughs> Still trying to make damnedest. <laughs> Uh, you you do a pretty good uh do a pretty good uh, Kiwi accent. It's not bad. It's, it's not bad. like shades of Australian. It's there. yeah. It's, well, there's, it's, there's always <laughs> shades of Australian in a Kiwi accent. They they're oh. lit- they they're literally in the shade of Australia. Oh, the whole island of or the two islands of New Zealand are gonna fight you. <laughs> <laughs> well, then they should have a different accent. <laughs> Also, change all of history. Um, <sighs> all right. Anyway, <laughs> that weird isn't doesn't he even have that island that's like underwater that like it is completely like it's actually no that's not New Zealand. There's a country that's like an island that's significantly bigger, but it's just that most of it is underwater. Oh yeah, I forget what that is. Mm-hmm. Listeners, listeners, if we have any like geography buffs let us know mm. um or if we have any all right us. <laughs> if we did we don't have. anymore the <laughs> <laughs> subscriber count goes down by like two <laughs> oh. oh there they there they go i've seen our i've seen our world numbers i think that's about accurate um yeah so <laughs> let's talk about uh inferno part one Inferno Part 1 Written by Don Houghton Directed by Douglas Camfield Produced by Barry Letts Air date May 9th, 1970 The doctor drives his yellow roadster Bessie onto a restricted base. This is the location of a drilling operation nicknamed the Inferno, the pet project of Professor Stallman. A pipe is leaking green goo and a maintenance man is told to fix it by Sir Keith one of the government sponsors. Professor Stallman is upset that he was not consulted and keeps the pipe operating in order to keep to schedule. The maintenance man touches some of the goo on accident, and his hand starts to turn green, and he eventually transforms, killing another one of the workers with a wrench. 
The Brigadier sets up a makeshift office in the complex with the help of Benton. Unit is on the lookout for the murderous maintenance man, and the Brig explains the situation to the doctor. He heads off to a little garage where the TARDIS console is parked inside. The doctor is trying to get the console to work again with the help of Liz. In the meantime, the maintenance man kills again, this time a unit soldier. He sets the nuclear reactor on the base to overload. Because of the surge in power, the TARDIS console dematerializes with the doctor and he is transported to some sort of limbo space, but returns shortly. He and Liz head into the drill headquarters, which has also been affected by the surge in power. The professor still doesn't want to cut the power, so the team work to find a solution as the brig discovers there's been another murder. He and the doctor investigate as the maintenance worker turned wolfman growls behind them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love, I really like the beginning of this. Um, mm-hmm. It, I, it, it's, it seems, it's, it seems like it would be very, I mean, it's just the doctor driving Bessie into work, but <laughs> something, <laughs> something about the doctor driving to work in the morning. I don't know. To me, it just kind of brought home this era of the show. It was like, it was like, oh, right. It's this, it's this version where like mm-hmm. he tried to try to have a job in like a, a an office for a little bit. Well, and I just love that he's like he just he just what do you call that when you when you do that? It's like it's it's like advanced humming. Oh yeah, we're advanced humming. I mean, I don't know. I know what you mean. It's not. It's not. It's like you're phonetically singing. You're just making the you're you're singing the noises. You're not singing the words. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like. It like, well, it is opera, so I guess you can't really sing it. Well, I guess you could just know the words. Mm-hmm. Like, but they're in Italian. I think I think that opera is in Italian. Well, I think if anyone knows uh, how to fluently speak Italian, it'd probably be John Pertwee, right? That's very true. I mean, look at him. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I I I'm into this though. Like he's he's waving to unit guys as he's going to work and they're like hello doctor like i don't know i just i like i don't think i don't think we ever see like a nine to five doctor again so it, it's a cool thing to watch right besides um, like the, when he gets a job like at a mall or whatever and right the maximum there well and the other thing that i i just really like about the structure of inferno is that it really just goes i mean it it, it it's so interesting because it's kind of a slow build but they don't waste time to get to our first radioactive werewolf. Mm-hmm. I mean, he shows up right away, and you're like, yeah. "Oh, there's the monster for this story." Uh, wow. Yeah, we yeah, don't. Like, we, we do nothing. Oh no, I was gonna say like we know nothing about the doctor. What what he's up to before the adventure starts? He's literally just going to work, right? I mean, typically we don't get our first look at the the baddie for an episode until the end of part one. Like that's usually the part one. Uh, cliffhanger is just like oh no look at that thing um <laughs> dun dun yeah uh and this one is literally just like like i mean it's practically like the radioactive werewolf was just like watching him go into work i mean it was that <laughs> early <laughs> hello doctor um <laughs> what the hell <laughs> 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 um, so, 
So uh, I don't know. Do, do, do any of you guys do, do either of you uh, or have either of you watched uh, Tim and Eric? Mm-mm. Yeah, I've seen a little bit. Okay, so this professor guy in this reminds me of of Eric from Tim and Eric in disguise. Yes, Stallman, <laughs> Professor Stallman. Yes, yeah, with he's his like great, yeah, his his little his little blonde mustache and his and his glasses, and he's just like really tall and yeah, he just he looks like Eric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like these unit guys. I mean, they get their they get their clocks cleaned in this one, but I don't know. They're just I have a soft spot for like working class like science fiction characters like those I am, I'm listening to the Star Wars book now where they're going into vivid detail about what a like chutch job working in the Death Star was mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like we have cantinas and like gyms and like health you can, benefits yeah health benefits <laughs> and it's, it's great we love it here I hope I work and then you know but yeah like I don't know just these, these dudes are just victims of their 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 job mm-hmm. i don't know this is the this episode really endeared me to unit a lot i think yeah yeah i i i uh i like it a lot um i i just yeah. the, the the whole world of like unit is really interesting here i mean it's really what they i think play with the most um yeah yeah i mean it's episode. kind of this this whole episode is really just the doctor gr- grinding up and fighting against the 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 you know just the monotony of bureaucracy <laughs> and yeah. no, no one listening to him yeah uh and i love that we spend i i swear it's like a full five minutes of screen time of just the doctor looking for the brigadier in a photo of army graduates oh, yes. yeah 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 he's like he's he's looking through these old photos of like army youths and the brigadier is like, can you spot me, doctor? Like, kind of like, I bet you can't. <laughs> like, they're already flirting. It's like eight fifty-five, <laughs> <laughs> and and then he can't find him, and he's like, oh, it's a trick question. You're not in this photo, and he's like, mm, three from the right, and then he finds him, and he just starts laughing at him. Yeah, and then puts the photo down and changes the subject. Like, it's well, he he, he says, you look really, you look far better with a mustache. Yeah, <laughs> and I love that they set up the whole mustache thing, like. From the beginning. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, especially considering his mustache doesn't look great in the later episodes because it's fake. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it had to be, you know, because he had to shave it for the other thing. Uh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless he wanted to go, like, uh, full Cesar Romero in the uh, Inferno yeah. universe. <laughs> which, uh, which, having just watched Batman the movie on Netflix, um, HD technology has not been kind to that decision oh i mean that it was never kind to that decision uh oh was it always but was it always super obvious oh yes yeah like if you read the batman 66 comics they draw the joker with a mustache covered in makeup i mean it's it actually is kind of a brilliant decision i mean brilliant as far as that show is concerned the idea that in real life the joker is like an old hispanic uncle with like a mustache kind of the last person you'd like look for true very true um so i so professor eric um is showing the oil yeah, rig professor guy eric. do you mean um, sir keith what's that the the bureaucrat guy like the one that's like visiting from off-site the one that's like, like i think there's something there's wrong that, with this uh, there's the crazy professor guy 
Yeah, Stalkums. Like Slocum. Slocum. Um, and then there's the, the 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 guy that's has ties to the ministry. I think that's Sir Keith. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm. Yeah. I'm just. I'm talking about the nice guy, not the not the bad guy. Yeah, Sir Keith. Sir yeah, Keith yeah. Sir the nice Keith. guy is Sir Keith. Yeah, Sir Keith. Yeah. Well, you guys are the ones naming him. I'm calling him Professor Eric. Yeah, um, but that's confusing to us. Okay. Well. <laughs> He's not a professor, but, Scott. But why? He looks like he looks like Eric from Tim and Eric. I know, but I saw this a week ago. All right. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, he's showing around this oil rigger guy, um, and uh, it's it's cute that you guys think I can remember any of the names of any characters other than the Doctor and his companions in these stories. Well, I that's where I have my notes. Open. My notes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. I never remember their names. Um, I'm also, oh, I'm going to interrupt you real quick because Sir Keith is endearing to me because he looked really familiar. So Norman and I looked him up and he's also in another Doctor Who story and he plays, um, you remember Jago and Lightfoot from, uh, Talons of Wing Chiang? Oh boy, do I. He's Jago. Oh, yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. Oh yeah. Huh. That's weird. It didn't mention that in this. Um, Zing in these uh, behind the scenes stuff. That's weird. Well, it looks like they it looks like someone else should be writing those behind the scene notes. Apparently. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, so Sir Keith uh, <laughs> is showing around uh, the the oil rigger guy, um, and at one point uh, he he. It says he describes what it is they're doing there and quotes a guy who who names like the gas after himself uh sure. that they're trying to get to and he literally uh and he says and I quote and says a quote and I'm just like this guy is the biggest nerd <laughs> I've ever like who does that in reality? Like who 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 quotes someone and I quote like that and like just so earnestly like he's like he's speaking a research paper out loud. Um <laughs> it's it's amazing. I was like, well, who is this guy? Good lord. Um it's kind of a it's you almost can't uh blame Stolman for like completely writing this dude off. Uh-huh. Um, speaking of beard face, um, beard face, he shows up and he is look in every one of these John Pertwee stories, and really in every Doctor Who story, pretty much ever. Uh, there's always one guy who hates the Doctor for no reason. Yeah, just doesn't like the cut of his jib. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's he's always like the doctor always has a J. Jonah Jameson and and that's Beardface uh in this particular uh instance. Um and he just he just hates the doctor. He doesn't know why he's here. He doesn't like that people respect him more than uh they respect him. And it just uh yeah, he's just he just hates everything. He hates not getting his way. Um he's a really unlikable dude. Uh, mm -hmm. because he's a bad guy and, uh, he, he'll get his just desserts twice, um, which is the benefit sure. of having alternate universes. <laughs> yeah. What I really like about Slocum is, or Slocum, however you pronounced it was, 
this dude is so aggro about everything mm-hmm. yeah. and it's just like no it has to be finished now there'll be no delays and like i immediately i'm like oh cool he's like an alien lizard and like mm-hmm. when inferno <laughs> gets to the bottom of the thing it's like his people will be free and that's why he's so but like everything <laughs> everything about his initial <laughs> the way that he is is completely human there's no there's given there no given really there's no motivation given about why he's the way that he is, and I kind of like that. I like <laughs> that he's just impossibly stubborn, like bureaucrat. I would just, and then, I just, I would love it if he would go. If we just follow him back to his office, and then he just, he just pulls out a desk drawer and pulls out plane tickets and a brochure to Hawaii, and he's just like, soon, <sighs> someday, <laughs> and that's why he wants to finish it so quickly. <sighs> Or oh, like, no. it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, feel bad for him. though. And <laughs> I, <laughs> he looks down at his desk calendar and it's like, Tim's game can't miss <laughs> 7 p.m. Inferno just ends with, with a little league game and a kid just being like, where's dad? Oh, where's no. Dad? <laughs> you see a smoke plume coming from unit. <laughs> just in the background of the baseball game. Oh my god! Oh no! <laughs> Slocum, you're out. Your mother's here. <laughs> your dad turned into a wolf. Timmy, <laughs> come here. Ah, uh, uh, so anyway, uh, <laughs> so yeah, he just basically he just basically tells Sir Keith to like take a long walk off a short cliff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the doctor uh, goes back to his garage, and um, he has like a little lab in a garage, and he uses he uses his uh, his sonic screwdriver as a garage door opener. Um, and uh, I just I I love that uh, the guy he's driving with, he's just like, where do you get all them funny gadgets, doctor? Um, and the doctor's just like, <laughs> funny gadgets. Up. This is a garage door opener. And I was like, no, it's not. What? <laughs> You know, it's I mean, not. it's working that way now, but that's not all it yeah. does. Um, but uh, yeah, he uh, he's he's basically trying to get the console to work, the the TARDIS console, which he's rebuilding. Um, yeah, he is antsy today. Yeah, he's just he's ready to get out of there. You know, yeah, he's like, this isn't my scene. No, um, and he like. Is like trying to he basically like overloads the TARDIS with power, uh, which I I think is I think the suggestion is that he creates the Inferno universe then when that happens. Um Yeah, how, like yeah. It it seems like it that that's what the suggestion is, because otherwise I don't know what happened. Like he just sort of goes into the space between and like has like a I, I just like goes and finds himself in the space between like I don't a quality face montage. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. My favorite part of this episode. A plus plus for sure. Um, but then he comes back and, and Liz is just like, what happened? And he was just like, I was lost and I, I, I couldn't make it to the other side. And, oh, my God. <laughs> um, he's all very dr- dramatic. Uh, and then a werewolf guy shows up again. Um, yes. And he's like, well, oh, I'm a werewolf. And that's it, um, which is I don't know. It's great. I, I just it, it, I like a... I I like how this first season of Pertwee's era is structured because 
it is only four stories, but I think more than stories in uh, other Doctor's eras and even even in Pertwee's era later on, um, by the time you get to like – especially like season three, season four, um, I think that this season feels like a season of television um, with like little mini sort of arcs going in it. But it doesn't – they don't feel like – they don't feel the same way as like the serials do later on. Like it doesn't feel like a serial. It just feels like, yeah, we're like living in this world and the doctor's going to work and you know, it just it, yeah. it feels a little yeah. it feels a little different than I think other Doctor Who stories do. Um this definitely, season. yeah. The way it's structured and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like that this episode is just like, yeah, so we're we're digging a hole. Look at all these unit people. The doctor almost killed himself, and we're moving on. <laughs> don't dig that hole. Yeah, don't dig that hole. What he keeps, then they just won't listen to him, and he hates it. <laughs> that must be hell for the doctor, just him wandering around telling people stuff, and they're just not taking him seriously. Yeah, I, I, well, that's what part one is basically, right? He's just like, mm, I don't yeah. think we should be doing that. He's like, I'll do what I want. He's just like, all right, I'm leaving. I just yeah. I can't. <laughs> This is Peace. this is dumb. I'm out of here. Um, <laughs> so I mean, that's basically that's how you would sum up episode one. Yeah, no one listens to the doctor. I like it though. It's kind of it's 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 a nice break from like the Matt Smith era where everyone thinks he's like a deity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Inferno Part Two, written by Don Houghton, directed by Douglas Canfield. Produced by Barry Letts. Air date, May 16, 1970. The doctor stops Unit from attacking and tries to reason with the wolf creature. The phone rings. It's the professor trying to get in contact with the nuclear reactor station where the doctor is. A Unit soldier shoots at the creature, and after a brief tussle with the soldier, it slumps against the wall, leaving scorch marks. The doctor resets the switch and answers the phone, saying that everything is sorted out. The unit soldier and another scientist who was in the room with the creature seem to be fine, but soon start undergoing the same transformation. The doctor and the brigadier discuss what a possible cause might be, and the doctor mentions the 1883 eruption of the volcano Krakatoa, leaving the brigadier puzzled. Professor Stallman still doesn't want to stop the drilling, They are trying to penetrate the Earth's crust in order to tap into powerful gases trapped there as a new energy source. The doctor and the professor are at odds, and after an argument about the mysterious green goo from before, the professor tells the doctor to leave and shuts off all power to the garage where the TARDIS console is. The doctor switches it back on before heading out of the control room. In his office, the professor discovers that his hand is also turning green from exposure to the goo. The doctor sends Liz out of the garage to run some tests for him on the main computer. When she gets there, the brigadier informs her that the computer is not working. Realizing it was a trick, the pair rush back to the doctor's garage just in time to see the TARDIS console dematerializing with the doctor and Bessie. So I think my uh, my favorite part of part two... Yeah. Is uh when <laughs> when when uh 
the doctor can't pull that switch thing and and uh <laughs> and the brigadier is like holding a gun and he and the doctor's like trying to take the gun away and brigadier's like what no you can't have my gun and he just yanks it out of his hand and then uses the gun to pull the switch <laughs> it's it's great it's it's a really i i think this was the story that finally sold not not that i wasn't sold before but i i was like oh this is the brigadier that everyone's like always like this is the brigadier that everyone fell in love with oh yeah mm-hmm. i think this is when their 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 chemistry together really hit home for me personally where i was like oh i get it now this is awesome yeah yeah absolutely um well and i just i love the idea of you know like the doctor doesn't use guns um yeah unless, yeah no it's unless he needs yeah. to use it to flip a switch <laughs> I just love that. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 great. Um so Petra is a character that I don't think we, we yeah, but so it, she's kind of like the like the right-hand lady of of Sulkum, Slocum. Mhm. And I don't know, I had a lot of I had a lot of sympathy for her. I thought she was dealt a, a rough hand, Petra. Mm-hmm. And I I thought I thought she kind of I thought I thought she was doing the best she could just staying above water. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I probably, uh, you know, I, I think the actress was probably deriving a lot of uh, her her acting based on the situation going on on set. Yes. Yeah. Um, just that 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 kind of over it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that the character's name is Petra and they're literally like it's all about rocks and like and like drilling, like drilling earth. I mm-hmm. thought that was really funny. Yeah, it's not subtle. No. Yeah. <laughs> um she reminds me of um these these random female characters especially in uh the Pertwee era remind me a lot of uh the random female characters in like you know old Marvel comics um mm-hmm. where like they're always just it it just all of them are assistants of some kind. Right. Yeah. Um, there's somebody's <laughs> assistant. Like, I mean, you know, and to, to the point where this is Caroline, this is, I was going to say Caroline Ford, um, wrong person, Caroline John's last uh, story because Barry Lutz and everybody was just like, she's a little too capable. Um, <laughs> like she's, She's she's a little too good at her job. Like I I don't know why she needs the doctor around and yeah, let's let's replace her with a new companion that's a little more helpless. Aww. Yeah, it's weird. It's I don't know. I every to be honest, there are a lot of people in this episode in particular that I would I I remember thinking like I wouldn't be I wouldn't hate them being a new companion. Mhm. Like mm-hmm. Petra, I was like, Petra seems like she deserves like an upgrade in the box. Petra would be cool. I mean, but I I do love who we get next season. I, I yes, do love absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. but uh, I but yeah, no, Petra would have been would have been kind of cool. Um, and I love I love Liz Shaw. It's I love it, Liz Shaw. Yeah, it's just that um, they don't know how to write a they wrote a capable woman. Which look, props to them for at least doing that. Yeah, but I once they did it, they were like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> All right, we did it. Now what? Yeah, now what? Where 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 does the easy writing happen? Oh, it doesn't. Uh, um, but uh, I do. I yeah, replacer. <laughs> um, I do like Liz Shaw though. Uh, 
in in general. But in in on a on a brighter side, um, now granted, she did get let go because they wanted to replace her. That I'm not changing that narrative. That is 100 percent what happened. However. Sure. Uh, there is a very good chance she would have left the show anyway because she did get pregnant, like right at the end of Inferno. Um, she found out she was pregnant. So there's a very good chance that she probably would have left the show anyway, uh, not being able to keep up with the um, the the wacky scheduling of Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, as a pregnant woman, so I, you know, sure. who knows. Um, but in any event, uh, it does seem that Caroline John is much happier having just done the one season. Um, so there you go. Um, have we, have we, uh, has, has Ridley Scott ever on the record said that, that, um, Numi Rapace's character in Prometheus is named after Elizabeth Shaw? Uh, not on the record, but I mean, everyone basically assumes. I mean, considering Alien is basically like a loose remake of Ark in Space. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we yeah. know that Ridley Scott is like a Whovian, or right. at least was youth. Right. And then, and then, then Liz Shaw in Prometheus, and it's just like, oh, okay. Or, or it could also be that Liz Shaw was named Liz Shaw by like Damon Lindelof, having known. Like as like a cheeky reference, having known that uh, the Ark in Space was a basis on Alien, and because that seems Ooh. like something he silly he would do, also. Yeah, I've never thought about Damon Lindelof watching Doctor Who, but now I'm really interested. I wish he was still on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so I could be like, "Hey, do you like Doctor Who, Star Trek, Into Darkness?" He's like, "No, still." <laughs> <laughs> okay, what you did to the end of Lost, um, oh man. <laughs> Stop it. Why can't you guys let this go? I made a whole show. It was really good. <laughs> From, uh, hashtag Prometheus. Hashtag Tomorrowland. Oh, man. Yeah. No. Cowboys and Aliens. Cowboys and Aliens. Man, he really does not have a good track record, does he? Aww. He's just a poor guy. He's just, I don't know, man. Something happens when, when he switches mediums for some reason. Yeah. 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 Oh, well. Um, in any event. Uh, we get, uh, we get our first instance of, uh, Verusian karate paralyzation. (laughs) That was awesome. Oh, God. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Uh, Which apparently was, uh, uh, Venusian was changed from, uh, Feltian was the original. It was going to be... Yeah, it's going to be Feltian, like Feltian alien. It was a type of alien karate, which (laughs) just alien karate. That's what they should have called it. They should have just called it alien karate, karate, Brigadier. I do like the idea, though, that uh, he calls it Venusian, but I I just think it's it's Vulcan karate. I mean, that's that. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Yeah, it's Vulcan karate. Um, so uh, so he Vulcan chops a guy, um, and uh, and is told, "Hey, let let him go." Like hey, he's dude, literally telling, yeah, he's literally telling them, like, "Yeah, no, if I keep doing this, he's going to be paralyzed forever." And then he just continues to do it, <laughs> <laughs> which is like, "What a let him go then." What are you talking? What are you doing? <laughs> no. Oh Dad. man. And he's just like watching him squirm, like it, like, 
That was a yeah, dark, man. dark, dark moment for, for John Pertwee. <laughs> this is what happens when you shove him in a nine to five office job. <laughs> I guess so. Oh, man. Dark. Um, but uh, yeah. And then th- this one ends with uh, with with the doctor escaping uh, in the in the TARDIS console um, and takes Bessie with him, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Uh I I just like that they they had him bring Be- Bessie with him. I like yes. I I don't know. I I I'm love not that. I feel like it was car. Yeah, I feel like it was a John Pertwee step- stipulation. I really do. Um wait, 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 wait. I mean, you mean I I can't have my car? Right? No. no. I can't have my car for four episodes? No. No. Absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, did you watch the first episode? I I <laughs> I advanced hummed in it all the way to the to the base. I'm pretty sure that's his car and he just wanted to drive yeah. it around anyway. And they're like, all right. <laughs> well, doctor drives so. now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anything else in, in, in part two? I thought part two was like a little light as far as stuff happening. Well, yeah. I mean, it just it's just sort of carrying over stuff from part one. Yeah, it feels like it really does feel like Inferno should be a six part story. And there's just an extra there's just a spare part here. Um, yeah, because it feels like the the idea of it is that there's a prologue and an epilogue in in our universe. And mm-hmm. then there's a four part story in the alternate universe. Mm-hmm. Um, And so this this part two just feels like an extra part. That they just were like, well, we need seven episodes, so you could stretch this out a little. We'll have some Wolfman catwalk action. We'll have yeah. some random stuff. I do like the scene where the doctor convinces Liz to leave his little garage so he can like peace out in the TARDIS. And then she realizes mm-hmm. what he's doing and they show up. But I just I like the doctor and Liz a lot. But I yeah. understand yeah, they make why. A good team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Too good a team. Yeah. Apparently. Almost too good. <laughs> almost too good. But then they have Ramana later on, so I don't know. Whatever. Mm. That's true. Well, but the thing with the great thing about Ramana, right, is that like she she I almost called her Romano and I was like, no. <laughs> um, oh, <God>. but uh, <laughs> everybody loves me. Um, <laughs> ma, ma. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but the good, the cool thing about Romana is that she was smarter than the doctor. So, like, the doctor was her companion. Oh, that's um, true. Yeah, so that was like a different dynamic. Um, this one, I think, it was hard to find a balance because she was human. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I I think they I think they make a really uh, a really good team. It's just yeah, little just a little little too good. They're just they're too. Um, I, I they didn't know how to write uh you know the doctor and companion relationship as like you equals. know almost equals yeah yeah because like because the thing that's difficult about it right is that okay she's really smart sure. But she's not as smart as the doctor because she isn't capable of being – to ha- having the knowledge that he has because of 
you know, what he's done in his life. Right. Um, so it's like, so she is really smart, but not that smart, but you don't want her to seem dumb, but also like it, there's just a lot of like, I, it, 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 it would be difficult because I mean, look at what they did with Martha, right? Martha was really intelligent mm-hmm. and they let her be clever and stuff, but they also were like, but she loves the doctor and he doesn't love her back. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like they have to, it's like they have to give him a handicap. Yeah. 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 Um, so even, even there, you know, a Rus- like a, a writer that we all really love and Russell T Davies and really respect his character work, even there, you know, he had to find a way to give Martha a handicap. He he couldn't just let her be an equal. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah, it kind of makes you really appreciate what they were finally able to do and what they didn't bail on doing with with Bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and to a certain extent, um, especially in that that, you know, in that final season with Clara. Yeah, that's true. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. Uh, respect to Stephen Moffat. He he at least figured that out. Um, and Big Finish obviously does that a lot. Uh, of course, finish. yeah. Yeah, Big Finish, Big Finish. I mean, their original companions were all like really great. And Ace, like they grew her a lot. Um, okay. and and stuff like that. Do you think it has Evelyn. anything to do with? Do you, do you think do you think it's mostly because Big Finish, as opposed to the writers on the show proper? maybe had like less pushback from from like be the BBC or any kind of like suits. Uh I don't think so cuz I don't I don't know how much control the cuz BBC has like overall control but it really does seem to me like once they hire a showrunner they're just like all right and now it's your thing and and just give us cool stuff to market. That's all we okay. care about. Yeah, yeah. Um, is what it seems like, uh, to me anyway. I don't know. Um, no, definitely. Maybe, maybe, maybe our, our British listeners have a different, uh, perspective on that. I don't know. Please. Yeah. Join in, join let in us, the conversation. Um, speaking of which, uh, if you guys aren't on, uh, the Facebook group, uh, you should do that. If you're listening to this and you're not on, a, on the, mm-hmm. on the doctor's companion listener group, you should, you should go get on that on Facebook. Do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Inferno part three. Written by Don Houghton, directed by Douglas Canfield and Barry Letts. Produced by Barry Letts. Air date, May 23rd, 1970. Liz tries to bring the doctor back, but the power has been shut off again. He is trapped. The doctor wakes up from his rough departure. He seems to be in the same place, but some minor details have been altered. He forces the garage doors open and drives Bessie out onto the base, but is soon shot at by soldiers. He parks Bessie and hides, but is soon attacked by one of the wolf creatures. His attempts to defend himself draw the attention of the soldiers, but he manages to get away. Soon he encounters Liz, but she has a different hairstyle. He questions her about it, but she seems not to recognize him and whistles for help. The doctor is taken prisoner and brought to the brigadier's office, but instead of his usual mustache, the brig is clean-shaven and wearing an eye patch. He questions the doctor about how he got onto the base and how he seems to know so much about the project. Is he a spy? The doctor tries to explain that he is from a parallel universe, but no one understands. He asks to see Professor Stallman, and he is taken into the control room. Once there... 
he notices that the drilling operation is much further along than the universe he just left. His arrival and knowledge of the proceedings agitates Professor Stallman, and the doctor is taken away for more questioning by the brigadier and Liz. He tries to tell them the truth, but they don't believe him. An alarm goes off, and the brig and Liz run out of the room to see what's going on. The doctor disables the guard with Venusian karate and runs after them. In the chaos, he tries to fix the broken computer, but is caught by Benton, who threateningly holds a gun to the doctor's head. So, in episode three, uh, I I just, I really love how, so I don't, I don't know what the doctor's plan was when he left with Bessie, other than just to, just to, you know, peace out. Um, but he, he leaves and like immediately upon entering the alternate reality, it is just immediately overwhelming mm-hmm. where he's just like, Oh God, they're, they're shooting at me. And there's, there's the, there's the werewolves and the, the firing <laughs> guns and the God, God, why, what is happening? Like, I, I really love how immediately overwhelming it is. Like as soon as he shows up, um, I think that's. I think it's a really cool way of introducing it. Like it wasn't – they don't introduce it slowly. They He just jumps in the deep end uh, and I, I really like that a lot. Mm-hmm. It just kind of it, – it just it's, it just puts some pepper in the tank I guess, you know? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. like let's let's pick it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, love Evil I just, Liz. I, yeah. Love Brigadier oh, evil, Leader. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean yeah. we could – I'm I, I'm surprised you just brought it up like that. I thought you would have like a preamble for Evil Brig. <laughs> I mean, uh, Brig, Brigadier Leader is I, it's just it's incredible that I mean I mean this this episode is you know obviously I I I can only imagine it's at least it's somewhat inspired by uh, Mirror Mirror. Uh, sure. Star Trek yeah. original series episode. Um, but it's just evil Liz and Brigadier leader uh, Lethbridge Stewart is it's just, <laughs> oh man, like they're like, they're just so good because they're not a team at all. Like they just hate each other yeah. um, and are constantly putting each other in each other's place. <laughs> like it's, it's just so like the bizarre world that they put together for this alternate universe. It's just so good, um, and it, it. I I I I don't know what kickstarted this alternate universe, uh, but it does seem like for some reason I I remembered, and then I realized that like oh no 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 that was a that was a different alternate universe Doctor Who story. Uh, but for some reason I always remembered. Uh, the doctor being there, but being dead. Oh, weird. But that was a different, that's a different alternate universe, uh, doctor who story. Um, mm. that's a turn left, I think. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, for some reason, like in the third, third episode, when they throw him in, is that the third episode or the fourth episode when they throw him in the, 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 um, the, well, brig. the brig. Yeah. Into the brig. <laughs> I think it's episode three. Okay, so when they throw him in the brig and there's that guy under the blanket, yeah. Um, I, yes, for some yeah. reason, when that happened, I was like, "Oh yeah, right," because the alternate version of him is dead. Is what I was thinking. Mm. Um, and then the guy under the blanket <laughs> was a radioactive werewolf, and I was like, "Oh, okay, no, 
Uh, <laughs> Who could have seen that coming? Right. Yeah. So, um, um, Nick, you had no idea that this was coming, right? When you were watching which it? Which part? <laughs> Oh, the, the, uh, the alternate, the alternate, oh, the alternate. Yeah. No, it was a total, it was a total surprise. Yeah. I'm curious as to like how you reacted to it. Cause like, I always knew that this was the alternate universe one, like going into it, but I'm interested to see like how, like what I'll you be, thought about it. I'll be very honest. Um, so, um, Cassandra and Scott both. I don't want to say hyped it up, but they 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 both told me that like Inferno was like crazy. Oh, it's Inferno's insane. It's it's so entertaining. And up to this point, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of like, all right, I mean, that dude <laughs> that, that dude, re- that dude really doesn't want to listen to anyone uh about crazy. anything. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like I I knew it was a good maybe maybe in retrospect it was actually a smart move to put a radioactive werewolf like at the very beginning mm-hmm. to kind of let people know like hey this isn't gonna because the whole time i was like but there's a werewolf like, <laughs> like this, can't, <laughs> this can't just be about drilling and then of course yeah and then when they when they journeyed to the alternate dimension i was like oh this is it took me a little bit to because i maybe because just because i'm it's the past or i'm not that familiar with it yet but it, it did take me like a minute to be like oh crap that actually is the actor that's playing brigadier because he does look different mm-hmm. like he's not he doesn't have his mustache he doesn't have his mustache and he has an eye patch right yeah. um yeah oh, i just God. i i just like how unabashedly bleak this subplot is mm-hmm. like it well, hey, he he gets there, and they are just as uninterested. As, uh, even no, they're more uninterested. He has less people listening to him than in the original timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, but yeah, I love that. I love I love Evil Liz. I love her uh, her weird like like Linda Belcher hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, evil Evil Benton is really scary. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. surprisingly scary. Uh, he's very violent and like ready to kill anybody at a at any given moment mm-hmm. and Sulcum's like almost exactly the same yeah yeah that'd be great if he, if he was super agreeable and very friendly <laughs> that would be weird he's like the only one yeah like <laughs> even in this universe it's like in this universe I'm actually very nice I do like the fact that in the alternate universe they made Petra like not his assistant but like his like co- founder or whatever like she was a doctor yeah. mm-hmm. uh yes and no uh Ish. i i i i i well no i just mean i mean i i like that in theory however uh-huh. what i don't like is that it it's happening in the evil universe yeah <laughs> where everything's wrong and twisted right <laughs> <laughs> i guess i didn't think about it in that way me neither <laughs> until just now Jeez, yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> Sorry, just got to keep you people woke. <laughs> Let me enjoy things. <laughs> Why has it got to be history? Uh. Um, yeah, so I don't I, – I, I just I, – I love everything about this. And then the end when like the chaos is happening and the doctor's just crawling around on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Like trying to rewire stuff and, and uh, evil Benton, Benton is just like – you know, 
Should I should I take you out back or shoot you here? Because I mean, that's, that's <laughs> the thing is they they've decided that uh, that that the doctor is gonna they're gonna kill him. Um, mm-hmm. Sure, take him to the firing range and put him down uh, because they would rather do that than than just deal with having him there. Um, and uh, and no one wants to kill him more than than ben- evil Benton because evil Benton uh, is apparently just a complete psychopath. Um, yeah. yeah. And just no, I want to do it right here, right now. I don't want to wait the five minutes it would take to put him in front of a brick wall. Like oh, kill him now. Now. Kill him now. They're like, this place is gonna blow up. He's like, I don't care. I want to kill him now. <laughs> yeah, no, like I, I I just like how the show never backs down from this being an evil timeline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and it, and it kind of ends with the doctor just kind of like being like, well, you know, not every dimension can be saved and just like bailing. And like, I kind of really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I, any other any other thoughts uh, on on episode three before we uh, we we wrap up this week's episode? I just hope I, I, I really hope our listeners come back for part two. Because it just it, it it really does go from zero to sixty after. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, uh, we will be back uh, next week with part two of our Inferno discussion. In the meantime, uh, make sure that you go check out our Facebook group, the Doctor's Companion uh, listener group on Facebook. Uh, and you know, follow all of our other podcasts, go to duelinggenre.com, check out all the stuff that we got going on there. And of course at duelinggenre.com slash support, uh, you can, uh, you know, become a Patreon supporter. And if we hit our next goal, um, which we were less than a hundred dollars away from, uh, we will do, um, we will do doctor who we were basically do doctor who minute or Dalek minute. Um, where we're going to do the uh, mm-hmm. Doctor Who and the Dalek movie one five minutes at a time, but the but the trick will be that uh, n- none of us have seen the movie before, so we'll we'll be watching it for the first time ever five minutes at a time, and that'll be a Patreon exclusive podcast. So if that's something that you want to hear, uh, go go support us on Patreon and help us get that goal. So there you go. We're getting we'll be- closer. We're it's. We're getting closer to that goal, and I we have, are. I'm, I'm excited, but I'm also like, oh my god, another one. Yeah, <laughs> but, <same. laughs> but it's worth it. It's always we. we well, we I think so I think I think what we would do. Um, I, I I think is once we hit the goal, we wouldn't it wouldn't immediately come out. We would just start recording, and then we would just record at our leisure, and then put it all out. You know, mm-hmm. in like a span of time. Or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But but yeah, I, it, it, you you guys are right. Like we don't want it to be. A, <laughs> we don't want it to be a, just like a hassle or a chore. But mm-hmm. we're gonna do it, and it'll. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I can't imagine no, those yeah, episodes it's, it's will com- be. You know, for the fact that like the the movie is from the '60s, like I can't imagine those episodes will be particularly long. I think it'll just be us oh. being like, "What is happening?" You're right? Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know it's going to be like super fun once we get started. It's like, you know, it, it, it's just one of those things where you're just like, "Oh," but then when you're doing it, you're like, "Oh, well, this is amazing." And yeah, and and we're only going to do it because it means that our listeners have like notched up their level of support which is like an incredible and you know awesome thing absolutely 
Um, all right, we will uh, we will talk to you next week with part two of Inferno. 